Tomorrow is a, a very important day. It's, it's Juneteenth, June 19th. It's the day that we celebrate uh, when the last African Americans found out in Texas that they were free. And it was, it was a while after the Civil War was ended and, and they didn't know and so they were still in slavery until someone came and told them and they were free. I think that's an important day in our nation's history. It's a reminder of a couple things. Number one, we live in a country that can get better. We're not perfect, but we can get better. Number two, someone's got to tell people they're free, right? Someone's got to let them know that they are free. And so I just want to uh, just encourage you tomorrow if if uh, it's a federal holiday now, so if you have the day off, just take a minute to remember that, and uh, I certainly will be doing that. So uh, I also want to acknowledge for Father's Day that it can hit differently for some people, right? And I know there are some who have lost their fathers, some who have absent fathers, some fathers who are estranged from their kids, some single moms pulling double duty, single fathers pulling double duty, fathers that have been disowned by their kids for one reason or another. I see that happening sometimes on Facebook, unfortunately. I bring all this up to say, God sees you. In Genesis chapter 16, Hagar uh, was kind of kicked to the curb by Abraham, and she just had nothing but her and her son, and she met God there, and she said, she said, I can't believe, I'm paraphrasing, I can't believe I've met God here, and I've survived. I'm not dead. You are the God that sees me, and God sees you, and I want you to understand that as we go into today's message, these principles are true, whether you're a father, you're a mother, uh, you have a good relationship with your father, I pray that you would have that, and if not, I pray that God will bring reconciliation, but don't check out just because it's Father's Day. Ultimately, we honor God our Father, amen? Amen, amen. and for years, the church has had to overcome this. We talked about this when we were praying with the team. Had overcome this impression, and, and it's, it comes by us honestly. I've seen it happen before, where uh, when fathers come to church on Father's Day, they're going to get beat up by the church and, and, and told what a rotten job they're doing by the pastor or whoever else is up there. Does any, has anyone ever had to sit through one of those? Um, I'm not saying that we don't sometimes need a talking to like that. Um, but sometimes it could feel like, I've seen it, it could feel like all the problems of the world are putting squarely on the shoulders of fathers on Father's Day. You know, on Mother's Day, we, we hoist them up, and on Father's Day, we're like, what are you doing with your life, man? So, so we have to kind of overcome that. I get why that exists, um, but we're not going to do that today. Uh, we're going to do something totally different. Uh, men, fathers, uh, I want you to know uh, how important you are, how awesome you are, how much of a difference you make. If you are engaged in the game, you make a big difference. If you're disengaged, I want to call you back to be engaged because you're important. You're very important. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so I, I shared a few uh, uh, things. Uh, I, it was a year or two ago. Uh, just kind of start this off of reasons it's great to be a man. Anybody want to hear this? Um, <laughs> so so this, was, um, this was one of my favorites. If someone forgets to invite you to something, you could still be friends. <laughs> also true, you get extra credit for the slightest act of thoughtfulness. I, I don't know what that means. That's, that's good or bad. And I, could, I never have to worry about a friend cornering me with, uh, so do you notice anything different? 
(laughs) And probably the best, and I'll repeat it over and over again because it's true, our lines in the bathroom are 80% shorter than women's lines in the bathroom. All right, right? (laughs) So that's good. There's there's obviously much more to being a man than that, um, but uh, that's just a lot of fun. And I just, I want to tell you something, though, uh, about going back to what I was saying, I, something that I've noticed. I've noticed that as the world treats masculinity as it's something to be shunned, or entertainment portrays men as idiots, or sometimes women negate or undermine or otherwise hold them to impossible standards, uh, what I realize, what I think I see happening is men are starting to believe that narrative. Or even if they don't believe it, they start to give into it. Now, you're at church on Father's Day, Sunday morning, and I want to give you extra credit for that. I shared this in prayer yesterday. This is just, the, I'm not saying this to beat anybody up. I'm just saying this is the matter of fact. One of the higher attendance uh, days in church in the, on the calendar is Mother's Day, and one of the lower attendance days is Father's Day, probably because all the fathers are taking their kids somewhere to worship the Lord somewhere else. But anyways, um, but I think because of the way the world is treating men in general, um, men, a lot of men are starting to believe that or resign to it. And the world treats you as though you have to be perfect. And if you're not perfect, then you're not worthy. It's an impossible standard to set. So what's left to do but give up, give in to the idea that all that matters is if I can provide something and just be quiet because I'm a buffoon. I think that's, the, that's, I see that everywhere I look, in the news, in entertainment. Uh, I remember when the kids were younger, um, you know, we watched a lot of shows, uh, kids shows in, on different uh, networks, and uh, most of them, uh, if there was a parent present, it was a mother. A lot of them, parents weren't present, and when they were, both parents were portrayed as re- being really stupid. And so we, we see that everywhere we go, uh, but I want to just encourage you not to give in to that, not to give in to that idea, and not to give up because you can't be perfect. None of us can be perfect, right? Only one perfect man in all of history has ever existed, and that's Jesus, right? For the rest of us men, It's not about being perfect. Being a good man does not mean being a perfect man. Being a good father does not mean being a perfect father with a perfect home, a perfect college fund, a perfect retirement, a perfect inheritance, all those things. Being a man, being a good father is not about being perfect at all. So you're off the hook from that, okay? We're going to go to Psalm 23 this morning. And we're going to learn about our father, And we're going to learn some things about being a good father. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me 
all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. And there's a theme here, and there's something there that we can do. We can't be perfect, but we can be present. We can't be perfect, but we can't be present. Our Father in heaven is a shepherd. Fathers, we are shepherds. According to God, we can do this. You can do this. Many of you, in fact, are doing this, and I want you to know how much it matters, how much you matter. You matter to God enough to give you this great purpose, and perhaps there's no greater purpose. You matter so much to your family that it's the difference between peace and strife whether you're engaged. You matter to the church, and I, I want to say this. I say it a lot because it's true. We have great men at Life Church. Don't we? We have great men at Life Church, and I'm thankful for them. Men who shepherd their families, make themselves spiritual fathers, who uh, look after us as we worship, help build, build up and tear down, and, um, and, and do all the great things. They're not perfect, but they're present. And they lay their lives down for their families, for the church, the community. Now, I want to break this down in Psalms. Remember, God is the only one capable of doing this perfectly. Jesus is the only perfect man who existed. But it's not about doing this perfectly. In fact, being a good father isn't about you at all. It's not about you. It's about your kids. It's about your kids. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. This is what God is doing for us. This is what we do for them. Listen to this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Don't mistake that sentence to mean that God provides uh, material. That's not what that means. We get this mixed up sometimes, and whether, whether you're a, a man in a family earning, earning a living to support uh, our kids or, or, you're, or you're the woman doing that, whoever's doing that, we get this mixed up sometimes thinking about what they need, and, and we could read this and we could see this and feel like this is God giving them everything they need. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Do you get that? He's saying, God, as my shepherd, is all that I need. I don't need anything else. I don't need to know where it's coming from or where it's going. All I need is him. That's the first acknowledgement that the psalmist makes here. And the same is true, men. The same is true that all our kids need. The first thing, the most important thing is us. And I, I know that sounds, I'm, I'm, I'm building you up. I'm not trying to inflate you, but it's really important. If they have your heart, if they have your attention, if they have you with them, that's it. You could, you could throw all the money in the world and all the resources and give them all the opportunities and put them on all the sports teams and do all the things, but if you're not present, that, that's not setting them up. Siri mouthing off to me, all right. <laughs> Sorry about that. you got to be present. It's actually a good example of how not to be present, by the way. 
you know, all the uh, notifications. Anyway, that's free. Maybe that's God telling me something. Okay. So he is with me. I have all I need. He leads me. Listen to this. A father is neither an anchor to hold us back nor a sail to take us there, but a guiding light whose love shows us the way. There are two lasting bequests we can give our children. One is roots and the other is wings. He leads me. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, bring up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. Another quote I've read is to bring up a child in the way he should go, travel that way yourself. Ask yourself this. Are your sons going to be like you? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Are your daughters going to marry someone like you? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? See, this is, this is a great leadership question to ask because leadership is not about pointing the way. Leadership is, I'm going this way and people are following me. And so when you ask questions like this, are the people behind me going to end up like me? If that's a bad thing, that's not something to defeat you or to make you feel like a failure. That's going to point you in a direction that you need to go, right? Questions like that give us direction. They help us to know some things. And when, especially when it comes to our kids or anyone we're influencing, if they start doing things like I do them, would that be a good thing? If everybody, you know what, if everybody went to church the way I went to church, if everyone did my job the way I do my job, how would the world do? <laughs> if our children grow up to be like us, is that a good thing or a bad thing? In this way, being a good father or a good mother really starts with being a good son or daughter. Being a good son or daughter. To your earthly parents, yes, but also to God the Father. It means treating Jesus with honor and giving him the respect that he deserves and prioritizing your relationship with God the Father. I, I'm, I want to be careful and, and not to get on soapboxes here, and, and I'm this is just to tell you how important you really are. If our kids see us prioritize getting them to school, teaching them to brush their teeth, teaching them to pay their taxes, church is optional. What does that say? We've got to be the example. If they don't see us making this important, we can't expect them knowing, to know Jesus the way they really need to know Jesus. And I'm not just talking about church attendance. Don't misunderstand me. But if they don't see you praying, if they don't see you seeking God, if they don't see you going to God and talking about God and studying God's word, they're probably not learning how to do that. That's leadership. By example. I know that when, uh, when early on, when my family first came to Christ, and um, my, my dad, uh, you, you know, he, I, some of you know the story, he had lost his job, and I thought he was going to be mad at God about that, and he was, and he spent the next, I don't know, six weeks, I don't know how, it felt like a long time, so six, anyways, while he wasn't looking for a job, he was in our living room with worship music playing and his Bible, and that said something to me, that showed me something, and that was, he was being a good son of God. 
And when our kids see us being good kids, it makes it easier for them to be good kids because they have a model showing them how it's done. And again, this isn't about being perfect. In fact, it's about being open with our imperfections too. Sometimes we get this crazy notion when we're raising kids or maybe you're a mentor in someone's life or, or you're a teacher or, or you're in a position of influence that we, we can't have imperfections or at least we can't deal with that in front of them. That's a, that's a backstage uh, conversation. No. No, we've got to be open about our imperfections because that's not a sign of weakness, but it's an opportunity for God to use an error in your life in a way that teaches your kids about his grace. When I fail, I don't want to cover it up. I want to show my kids what to do when they fail. Because it's not if, it's when. We're human beings. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And sometimes in an effort to be a perfect leader, in our kids' lives or somewhere else, we could be putting an impossible standard, one they could never live up to and may give up trying. Leading our kids includes being an example of what to do, an example of what to do when we get it wrong. He leads me besides green pastures and quiet waters. Fathers that are in the home, I want you to understand something. We are the peace in our home. I know we joke about it. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I know we joke about it, but let's get real for a minute. If dad's not happy, it sets the tone in the house. I remember this, and uh, I'm sorry. I I probably should have asked ahead of time, but you can uh, get mad at me later about this. But I remember one time when I was younger, we went to uh, Six Flags Great America. I don't know if it was Six Flags at the time. It was Marriott. And I don't know what was going on that day. I was a kid. I didn't know. But dad, for some reason, was not happy. I don't remember what it was. And you probably don't remember what it was either. But there was, it, I don't know, it was probably like 30 minutes. It felt like three hours where he just wasn't happy. And you, as, as, as a kid, you could be in the middle of a theme park like Six Flags. If dad's not happy, you're not having fun. You don't know what's going on, right? And I don't know what happened. Maybe God got a hold of him for a second. But th- things changed, and all of a sudden, he was having fun, and then I was having fun. Okay? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, <laughs> mom says yes, dad says no. All right. <laughs> so, but you could be in the middle of a, a theme park like that and not have fun as a kid. Why? Because dads, we set the thermostat for peace in our home. Our moods, our outlooks, our presence sets that thermostat. We should be leading our families Besides quiet waters, do we de-escalate difficult situations, demonstrate possibilities when there's areas of opportunity? Does our family know that we care by our presence? I know, I know with everything in me that we all want to say yes to all those questions, right? And we do fall short, but that's no reason not to try. With God, our shortcomings are opportunities to point our kids and families to Jesus. And when we fall short bringing peace to our family, Jesus will indeed bring that peace. Especially when our kids and our families know that our hearts belong to Jesus.
it's, it's counterintuitive in some ways. And then there's that old um, notion, you know, a man comes home from work, he's tired, doesn't have a lot of energy left in him for conversation. I, we don't, this is the 21st century. I know it's not always like that. It, it, it could be any one of us coming home from work, being tired, but the kids are ready to play. Being the peace in our home means being there for them right then. Yeah, I know we're tired. Yeah, I know this is the, the last thing in my head that I need to do or want to do. But that provides the atmosphere they need. That's being present. That's green pastures. That's quiet waters. You're like, my kids are not quiet when I come home. For them, you being present, dad, that's a stability in their life. And you will never look back. You will never look back and regret playing with them instead of decompressing on the couch. You'll never regret that. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice this, when we go through terrible hardship, it's the presence of the Father that gives courage. This is also the point in the psalm where the psalmist stops talking about God and starts talking directly to God, right? In the same way, dads, when our kids are scared and they don't know what to do, when they're afraid to step out, our presence will make all the difference in the world. Moms, your presence will make all the difference in the world. Spiritual fathers, mentors, coaches, teachers, your presence makes all the difference in the world. It bears repeating, but it's the time that you did have a bad day and you came home and engaged with your kids anyway. It's the time where you had to sacrifice hobbies so you could be with your kids or you can fund their hobbies, right? It's going to their first baseball game. By the way, if anybody's on Facebook, Facebook has started sending, you know, memories every day. Anybody get these Facebook memories? They, they, they interrupt my day every time because they, there's pictures of Ethan when he was like five years old on the baseball field. And I'm sorry, but that's, I have to stop at that moment and be like, I can't believe how long ago that was and maybe get a little emotional. But, but it's, it's being there for moments like that so that when you do see a picture of it later, you don't regret the fact that you weren't there, right? It's helping them with their homework. It's the kid whose friends are not good influences, so the dad steps in and says, hey, no, we're not going to do this. It's, it's giving up the friendship with your kids sometimes to say the hard things. I want to be friends with my kids. I think we're friends. <laughs> All right. But that's not my first priority. There's a lot of times in our kids' lives Again, whoever we're influencing, we have to say hard things, and sometimes that might mean giving up a friendship for a little while, but it'll only be for a little while, and it'll be the best thing for them to equip them for the world they're living in. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's always praying for them when you send them off. It's always still being for them. You never stop being mom or dad, right? When they leave the house, you never stop being mom or dad. And, and that's, by the way, that's important. 
Yes, there's a time you open your hands and you, you've got to let them make choices, but you don't stop interjecting and saying, hey, you don't stop being a coach. You don't stop with that. <laughs> it's the dad whose words were backed by his presence, his presence that would stay with them forever even after he's gone. That's you. That's me. Your kids need that. The world needs that. The church needs that. You matter. You're extremely important. Look around you in this world and you see what happens when you're not present. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. And that sentence right there is the goal. I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Moms, dads, grandfathers, grandmothers, mentors, our goal is not financial security and a college education. Our goal is not that they can have a better life than ours. That's the best definition I got growing up in school of the American dream, that we would raise our kids that they could have a better life than ours. Sounds good. It's terribly missing the point. I can give my kids everything materially, but if I don't give them Jesus, I will have given them nothing and they will live in poverty. And if I give them Jesus and nothing else, they'll be rich. I want to hear from my kids. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever as long as I live. That is the goal of raising our kids. That's the goal of discipling kids. That's the goal of being a spiritual father or spiritual mother or a mentor. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about being the perfect dad. It's about being present. The best thing we could do for our kids is to be present and be a good kid ourselves. He who can be a good son can be a good father. It's an old proverb. There's only one perfect father. We know this. And yet sometimes we get ourselves tripped up thinking we need to be perfect. But on Father's Day, it, we, we have to start with honoring the perfect father, right? And we, we celebrate him, and we celebrate you. But Jesus, our shepherd, showed us what we must do by laying down his life on the cross so we don't have to fear punishment anymore, and we could see and experience all of the days of our life, his presence. That he can show us the love of a father who searches for us. That's the model we have, men. And Ephesians talks about wives submitting to their husbands, but the next line says, husbands, lay down your lives as Christ laid down his life for the church. That's our example, is to lay down our life for our family. It's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want anymore. It's not about what I think 
uh, I, I need anymore. It's about my family. I'm laying it all down for my family. And I know we don't get it perfect. I have a selfish bent just like any one of you. That's how we're wired in this, human, this broken world. But thank God Jesus did this perfectly. He laid down his life. He said, no one took my life. I lay it down for my friends. And he became obedient even to death on the cross for our sin. He showed us perfect love. 1 John 1 eight, perfect love drives away fear. Another example, men, when we love our family and we lay our lives down, it should drive away fear. But even though we don't get it perfectly, Jesus gets it perfectly. He can show us the love of a father who searches for us. Like the prodigal son in Luke, we hear the story of the prodigal son who wanders and, and he rejects his father, but his father looks for him day after day, looks on the horizon, looks for him. And we have a father like that who searches for us, like the prodigal, who forgives us, like the prodigal. And Jesus, on the cross, forgiving us for everything we've ever done. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he celebrates us. You know, God celebrates you. When the prodigal came home, what did the father do? He threw a party. He said, this son of mine was dead, and now he's alive. That's the perfect father. The perfect father in heaven. So don't, get, don't misunderstand me when I say perfect father, and oh, he's perfect, and he's holy, and yes, he's calling us to holiness, but that doesn't mean that he's expecting us to hit the mark. We've sinned. We've fallen short. And he's made a way, and that way is in Jesus. And you might be here this morning, and you're saying, yeah, I've, I've fallen way short, Pastor. And I don't know what's going to happen. Run to him. Like the prodigal, run to the perfect father. He is your shepherd. He is all you need. He'll lead you to the quiet place. He'll renew your life. He'll set your path right. Even though you're going through a dark place right now, you don't have to fear because he is with you. He'll prepare a table in the middle of all your problems, in the face of your enemies. He anoints you with his presence, overflowing. You run to him. Only goodness and faithful love pursues you all the days of your life. And the only decision that you have to make today is, am I going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Our Father. Remember, being a good father starts with being a good son. Being a good mother starts with being a good daughter. Being a good leader starts with being a good follower. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your goodness to us, God. Lord, we don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We can never earn it. But you're not just a good father. You're the great father. You're a perfect father. 
And today as we honor fathers, and we thank you for those fathers in our lives that have pointed us to you, who have laid their lives down, but Lord, we thank you for laying your life down, Jesus. For your perfect love that casts away fear. For your perfect love that says now in, in Romans chapter 8, it says there's no condemnation. You're so good to us, God, and we don't even deserve it. But today, perhaps, perhaps you're working on hearts who are ready to run to you. With your eyes closed for just a moment, I want to ask you this question. Have you come to a place and, and yeah, I'm talking to fathers, but maybe, maybe you're not a father. You're, maybe you're a mentor. Maybe you're a mother. Maybe it's, it's just in general, but you've come to a place where you have failed so badly that you're just ready to give up. You're just ready to give up and, and just throw in the towel. And I tell you, if, if you, the next step that you take with that is to, to turn to Jesus, you're in a good place right now. Say, Pastor, that's me. It's just been bad for a long time and I keep messing it up over and over and again. Would you pray for me? Amen, yeah. You could just lift your hand and I'd like to just know, yeah, amen. I'd like to pray for you. It's not about being perfect. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I have not been present. I have not been present in my family's life. Pastor, I don't even know how to be present in my family's life with everything going on in my life. But would you pray for me that God would help me with that? Amen. That's you. Just lift a hand. I want to pray for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going we're to go back into a time of worship. But I want to pray for you first, and I want to encourage you to make this, this song, just make it a, a declaration. Because we just said it. Surely goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. You're here today because goodness and mercy are following you. You may be coming to a point of realization that's not great, but God brought you there so he could deliver you. Do you understand that? He didn't bring you here to rub it in your face, but he's here to help because he's good. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.